podcast is about our experiences with being self-employed, entrepreneurship, and bootstrapping it. Sometimes I have a spectacular guest that join me and share their stories. Also, it's about connecting to our soul, our inner selves, to unwind and chill. My name is Lourdes, and I hope you enjoy this episode. In today's episode, I have a guest and her name is Zena Barker. Zena is a certified virtual assistant and language specialist and is based in the UK. She provides a comprehensive range of remote support services, research and translation to business owners, startups and entrepreneurs. She has 12 years experience working globally. And in this episode, we talk about the struggles she had when she first started her business and learn to recognize her own ideal client profile. And Zena, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and I'm so happy to have you in my podcast. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Oh my gosh, we've known each other for quite some time now. And yep. so in this podcast episode, I wanted to ask you a few questions. Um, how did you start your business? What made you start your business? So that was nearly 12 years ago. I took the plunge because I had my son and I didn't want to do the commute to London. So I wanted to do to use my, my skills and do something from home. And in the UK, it was pretty much unheard of to do remote work as a virtual assistant. So I joined IVA and I trained with them on, I took a couple of, joined their webcasts and um, that's how it all started. I initially started doing admin and then I realized the competition is tough so I focused on niche on my niche which was languages and research that's the very very beginning as freelancer so as a freelancer how were you able back then to find clients yes initially it was only through uh, freelancing websites that was people per hour and upwork um so I was bidding on projects and securing clients. And just my objective was to secure repeat work. So I used to cut my rate, which is a mistake, by the way, and then secure the repeat, the repeat client and have my strategy was secure five clients to hit my target. But then throughout the years, everything changes because competition became more and more on those platforms with countries from India joining and you cannot compete with the rates. So I had to change my direction. Yeah, it worked for a while, but then, yeah, just like everything, you need to, to quickly uh, adjust to change. And it is tricky, yeah. Yeah, so your priorities have changed from when you started your business. Um, did you have a different target client or or uh, audience then than you do now? Do you have different target markets now? Yes, yes. Initially, as I said, I was trying to be everything for everybody and it mm -hmm. didn't work. So you, you cannot just do admin. Mm -hmm. So I had to focus on a niche. The, my niche was languages and research. Uh, and I tried to target clients in Europe doing work with the Middle East. So they need the the languages, not only for uh, as a competitive advantage, but also the cultural awareness, so you can add more value. And I did manage to, to secure a couple of clients in France, Luxembourg, um, 
and it, it worked. It worked for a couple of years, and it's tr really tricky to secure repeat clients remotely. Um, but then again, uh, I had to move myself into contracts to, to, to have more of a stability. Freelancing is great. Uh, it's flexible, but it's not secure. It's volatile income. So, yeah, I moved into contracts, and that was great for five years. Then my priorities shifted again, and now I'm in a different place, technically. The, still remote work. I'm still flying the remote, flying the remote flag. It's just different type of work, what I do now. Yeah, I totally understand about pivoting our businesses or our work mm. styles and having different target audience. I too have changed. I started as gen, a general admin too. And then I found mm. out that I really like doing technical stuff. Um, yeah. And I know you do that too. Um, so when you went into contract work, how did you find clients or did they find you? Yes, this was a combination of either uh, word of mouth, which is getting a client through another client, or applying on locally where they really want your expertise, but they don't want to commit to full-time employment. Uh, so targeting local businesses uh, in the area where I live in Kent. Uh, or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a good source as well of, uh, of securing clients uh, on a contract basis. Um, I did try a couple of platforms for contractors, but for our line of business, it works for architects and for engineers or IT uh, IT ex experts, but not for um, not for not for our line of uh, of if you want to say we we offer an uh, a um, an invisible service. It's really a supplement. We, we, we make things happen, whether project management or admin or research or translation. So our type of, or, or e-marketing, our type of work is, um, is very fluid. And um, it's Flexible. not like, yes, that's mm -hmm. right. Zina, uh, you've been in business or working for yourself for 12 years. Have you ever had any difficult clients? And if you did, how did you handle that? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and who doesn't have them? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay to have difficult clients if they are the right clients for you. What is not okay is to deal with difficult clients knowing in advance that they're not your ideal client. So I learned throughout the years to have like my ideal uh, uh, client profile. And I usually know what type of difficulty you're running through, whether they could be demanding, they could be demanding is okay because when you work, we work for ourselves. So we are sort of control freaks as well. So on that, I can understand it. But it's when they micromanage and when they expect more for what they pay, then it's really not worth it because one, you're, you're draining yourself for earning so little. And I learned that the hard way. You, you end up cutting your rate to sort of justify your invoice when they've already taken too much of your time. So 
how did I learn? I just don't go into business with these type of people. It's not worth the hassle. You, you, the minute you discover that it's draining you and it's not, you're not making any money out of it, you just let go. That's why we are contractors and freelancers. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, go. have you ever let go of a client uh, without finishing the project because it was just impossibly crazy or that person drove you nuts? No. Okay. No, I haven't had that. Oh, that's um, good. <laughs> I've been lucky. Yeah. That's I good. Did, I did find myself working for the same person for five years. And then after five years, you feel like it's not healthy for both because mm-hmm. they need another type of support as well. So it's sort of, you're sort of stuck because it's meeting the needs. It's cheaper for them. It's good for you. Repeat, repeat business. And then you stick with it. But then... When it actually when when it actually go, you realize that it wasn't really a loss. It's it's time for another opportunity. So yeah. yeah, with some clients, they can cause us a lot of mental stress. They drain us. Mm. How do you relax? <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to switch off, isn't it? When you have yes, it, it is. <laughs> you have it on your mobile. You have it on your iPad. Uh, so yeah. So how do I relax? I did learn working remotely to have my own space. So I shut the door and that's it. It's so important to have a room in your place where it's just for work and you shut the door and that's it. You leave it there. If you start working from everywhere in the house, then it's your own space and you won't relax. It's always there, whether on the dining room table, on your lounge table, in the kitchen. You should never get into the habit of carrying your laptop or phone everywhere in the pla- in your place. It has to be shut in one room, and then you shut it away, and that's it. And when clients are causing stress or too much mental stress, um, where does someone go? Do you have a business mentor? Or somebody you talk to about how to deal with some clients because we were not taught in school about being a business owner or being self-employed and dealing with all types of people, you know, everywhere, especially as clients, they expect a lot from us. Mm. So how do you find any solutions that could be causing you so much stress? Do you have a mentor? No, I don't have a mentor. I taught myself to, it's all about control, self-control. If you let it interfere with your own life, it's hard to control it. But if you shut it away, whether in the room, or you just have to let go of it, like just go out for a brisk walk. Uh, if something is, getting, is causing you um, mental stress, uh, it's really not worth it. It's not worth the hassle. Just It's better to let go of it. And then you'll, you'll, you'll feel such a relief, even if it means losing your income. It's only temporary until you pick up again. Um, I think my own strategy has been when something becomes too much, I shut the door and, and get out for a brisk walk. When you're out in the fresh air, it really helps see things, put things into perspective. And... At the end of the day, whether you're fully full-time employer, you are in full-time employment or you're working in a contract or freelancing, it's 
all technically the same thing. You're providing a service, you're getting paid for it. So you have to control the fact that work is work and life is life. It's just a mean to an end. How much, I mean, everybody say that, but it really is mental control more than anything else. Um, yeah. Did mm. I answer your question? Yeah, you did. And so invoicing, when you invoice a client, do you ask for the payment up front or how do you recommend a new business owner should set up their payment plan for a new business? Yes, a lot of people ask in advance. I've never done that. And I've never had an invoice. Before. I, throughout my years work, working for myself, only one time I lost an invoice. Uh, my strategy is I offer five hours trial where I test them more than they test me. So when they pay for, for that five hour on, t- on time, then it's just a matter of incremental work or there's also packages like for 10 hours a month, you pay that much for 20 hours, that, that much. So the hourly rate sort of goes down as an incentive. And then you're sort of securing your income ahead. They don't pay ahead, but they, they sort of put the deposit. And then at the end of the month, you invoice with the timesheet. That's how I've been doing it. Oh, that's a good tip for new people to, um, mm. to do it that way too. That's awesome. Timesheet time is so important because you're showing transparency. There's a breakdown of where the time went and what they got for their money. So I've never had a problem with that because they cannot ask. It's there and it's quantifiable. So yeah, it works. Yeah. I like the idea of five hours because like you said, you get to test the waters with them and find Mm -hmm. out their personality too and vice versa and see if your guys are a great fit. The dynamics as well. Sometimes they could be perfect, but the dynamics of, of relation between you remotely because we don't have the visual clues sometimes there there are barriers to communications that you don't know until you start working together let me ask you this do you have three people who has been most influential to you when you began your business journey at all right i like you lordis <laughs> you know that but three people i I honestly taught myself, I go on YouTube and I listen to um, to TED Talks, uh, podcasts, um, various tips, but I don't have a mentor. I've never had one person who helped me see through it. I just learned, learned the hard way. Sometimes some, it's amazing how much um, a lot of it is your own attitude to finding work if you think a a mental security like if you're stuck in a place where you're holding on to two clients because they repeat business and i did that in the past you're never going to progress you have to have the mentality that temporary you deliver you get paid you move on deliver you get paid you move on and so on and so forth until you find your place yourself in a place where you actually want to secure like recently over the last year i wanted to move into experiencing again being part of a bigger team having 
working for a cause rather than just on a small scale. And then you realize actually maybe it's time for me to do something else. So work is really constant change and it's you adapting to that change. If you adapt quickly, you move, you move quicker. If you hold yourself back, then you're never going to progress really, especially with technology. It's moving so fast. You really need to learn tools very quickly. I mean, look what's happening recently. Like they moved platform on a system that we both know. So you really need to pick it up. Otherwise, you're driven out. So yeah. I agree with with business. It always is changing. So Mm. for anyone that wants to be working for themselves, be prepared for changes. I mean, you may you may pivot your business or or whatever you're working with or a client, they might change a platform or an application on you and you have to be prepared for change. And I kind of heard something in this answer earlier about um it sounds like confidence. Have you ever mm. lost your confidence in or had doubts about your abilities being a self-employed yeah at the very beginning i was very insecure so i was cutting my rates so low just to work to secure work and i did that for at least two years where i was doing hardly any money just and when you are in that situation um it's really insecurity you don't know how good you are so you're trying and also it's hard to put a price tag on the kind of work we do so I was sort of working for nothing. Um, and then I realized it's not really worth it. Um, confidence is a matter, you build it with time. And the more you deal with clients on an individual basis, the more that you realize, actually, hang on a minute. Yeah, I am good. And they keep coming back and then you get referrals. So it's like any job. Yeah, it, it starts It starts in your own mindset rather than anything else. Start with you, any kind of work, not just self-employment. Yeah, so how did you build trust with your new prospects and then win them as a client? I learned to have an ideal client profile. Like my success stories, the clients I worked really well with that I held on to for like at least two years And I had a category where clients from whom I got really good money, high net worth individuals, you know. Mm -hmm. So I tried to duplicate that profile elsewhere. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, How do I build trust? It's when you are reliable and you are efficient, then the work speaks for itself rather than you don't have to do much except deliver. And by thinking on each project, is break it down to tasks. It's project management. You have your project, deliver tasks, and then close it. Then it's a success, you move on. So when the client sees the delivery and knows that they can rely on you, that you're going to deliver on time, then that's it. It works. That's how you build trust. Anyone that wants to start a business, especially because of the pandemic, people are staying home or they have health issues, what advice can you give new people interested in starting to work for themselves um, and 
where can they find our first client? Perseverance is a good tip. I have, I have moved myself from free. I used to say, start on people per hour, on Upwork, go and bid on projects as a freelancer. And then when you secure clients, you build your network and you move on. But I moved from that. Uh, it's not really a business model. It's a way of working. I moved myself into contracts. Contracts can be found on, you can find them on so many platforms for employment contracts or independent contractors. Um, I would go, I would say LinkedIn is a good source. Be specific with your niche. What do you, what do you do best? Where is, what is your competitive advantage? For me, it was languages. So I could offer that and add the value, the cultural awareness. So whoever is in England trading with the Middle East, they would need someone who knows the culture, whether translating or actually bridging the communication. So that was my competitive advantage. So know what is your strength? What can you offer to charge for it? And go for it. Um, perhaps do a research on the type of work you like. Like if you are into e-marketing, you can even approach digital marketing agencies who are limited on budget, who don't want to do full-time employees or offer full-time employment. So they will be interested to have your services at a, at a reduced rate. Not reduced rate, I mean cheaper for them than full-time employment. That's what I mean. Don't cut your rates. That's the tip. That's oh, yeah, a good absolutely. tip. Know, know your worth. Yeah, it took a long time. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it's tough, um, especially in the beginning. Mm. So I'm going to ask you one surprise question. And that question is, if you had to be an inanimate object for a whole year, what object would you choose to be and why? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> I would like, so I can't be a fly on a wall. <laughs> no, you cannot. No. <laughs> right. Uh, I possibly would like to be a Christmas tree <laughs> ah. <laughs> because because it's it brings joy and it's there for a specific period of time <laughs> so you don't get bored. <laughs> yeah, and it's Christmas soon, so there you go. That's for a whole year of. of I know for a oh, whole year. That's right. Christmas for a whole year. That's cool. No. Probably a portrait of some sort. I don't know. You cannot stay still for a year. It kills you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zena, thank you so much for taking the time to be my special guest today. I know our listeners will enjoy listening to your advice and your tips. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lourdes. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and please share this episode with your friends. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And as always, the show notes will be available at eighthlevelpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.